The e-commerce fuel podcast is sponsored by Shopify, the car I use and love because it eliminates frustrating technical and server problems. Like a magenta logging issue I had before we switched over that brought our store to a crawl and required the better part of a day to troubleshoot. What's the only thing better than eliminating tech headaches? Making more money. And Shopify can help there too. We experienced a whopping 41% increase in conversion after moving our store to Shopify from Magento. So quit fighting with servers and make more money. You can learn how at shopify.com. Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping six and seven figure store owners build amazing companies, outgun the competition and make more money. I'm your host and fellow e-commerce entrepreneur, Andrew Udarian. Hey guys, it's Andrew here and welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show today, talking about something that everybody that's got a store has dealt with, has kind of, you know, dove in deep for better or for worse on, and that is shipping carriers, USPS, UPS, FedEx. And it may not be the sexiest topic in the world to talk about, but it gets pretty sexy when if you're using the right guys, you can, you know, increase your profits 30, 40%. So it's important thing to talk about. And joining me to dive in is Mr. Bill D'Alessandro from rebelceo.com. Bill, how's it going, man? Going well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I have spent the last couple months negotiating hard with all of the carriers since we just opened our warehouse here in North Carolina. So I'm up on this stuff. So how does this, do you have like a little black room where they come in and you kind of lead them into this dark room and, and uh, good cop, bad cop style and, and just lock them in until you get the, the rates you're looking yeah, for? Yeah, I just club them over the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, do they actually swing by seriously? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they come by, they've got reps in person. Sometimes they come by unannounced because they're, you know, they've got a coverage area. So my UPS guy comes in a lot and then the postal service, this is one of the things that took me aback about the postal service. They have sales reps which I never really occurred to me because I just thought they were like a government utility. But there are sales reps for the Postal Service that will come into your warehouse and help you evaluate you know, which boxes you're using and which class of service you're using, just like a UPS sales rep would, and try to get you to more, spend more with the Postal Service. So it was actually great. You can negotiate rates with them. We can talk all about it. Very cool. We'll get into all this stuff. So yeah, let's dive into it. The three-carrier smackdown. Let's get into the details. So, Bill, I figured we could start out with, uh, you know, good old Uncle Sam's USPS, the U.S. Postal Service. And of course, most people know this, but it is an entity run by the U.S. government. And maybe just do a simple, you know, uh, strengths, weaknesses for all these guys. USPS, they're fantastic for, I mean, anything lightweight. They're going to be a killer choice. Oversized, especially with a lot of the dimensional weight changes that happened, uh, you know, about a year ago now with, with UPS and FedEx. I found they're cheapest for international shipments, at least smaller ones. And those are the, the big three things we changed over probably earlier this year, as I've maybe mentioned in, in an episode in the past, from doing a ton of UPS to almost exclusively doing USPS because the savings were substantial. Yep. That's been my experience too. We ship out of our warehouse here about 90% of our packages are postal service packages. For the reasons, the specific reason you mentioned, lightweight is especially one of them because a lot we sell a lot of face creams and single bottles of shampoo and things like that. And I, let's put some quantification around what lightweight means. Typically, in my experience, is two pounds or less. The postal service is pretty damn hard to beat price-wise and service level-wise. You can use first-class mail and priority mail you know, under two pounds, and it's going to be there in two to three days anywhere in the United States. 
for a couple bucks, essentially. And the even UPS and FedEx will tell you point blank, they can't compete. They don't want to. They can't make any money in those packages. They're like, we don't have a taxpayer base that we can just, that can subsidize us. We can't compete oh, on they this. Say that. <laughs> they say that straight to your face. They go, we're unsubsidized. Like, we have to make a profit. <laughs> we're not competitive on that. I mean, they'll take those packages, but it's more expensive. And we do ship some international postal service because it is dramatically cheaper. I mean, you can get stuff overseas for ten, fifteen dollars mm-hmm. versus you know FedEx is going to be thirty bucks or UPS will be thirty bucks. But my trouble is with the postal service when you ship international with the postal service, they basically take it to the foreign country and hand it off to the local postal service in that country. And then you are subject to all of the reliability or lack thereof of the international government postal service. So I tend to, if I ship postal service internationally, we lose just gone, you know, theft, whatever it may be, three to five percent of packages that we ship postal service internationally. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about that. But yet, I think it's still a fair point. You still use it. And I think a lot of times when you're comparing which which carrier to use, obviously, you know, you want the best service and the cheapest cost. But sometimes, even if one service has a little bit lower reliability, like in the USPS in a lot of cases, if they're dramatically cheaper and it comes to the point where, hey, the savings you make that you see based on using them allow you to just send two or three extra packages completely out of pocket per month and you still come out way ahead, it's it's a no-brainer to keep doing it. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, we're going to lose some packages, but net-net, the ones we have to reship aren't costing us as much as it would cost to send everything UPS, for example. And in terms of another strength for USPS, is there going to be their delivery time, at least in terms of you know economics? Of course, you can get anything overnight if you're willing to pay for it, of course. But a couple of things go in USPS's favor. First one is Saturday. I mean, Saturday is a business day for the USPS in transit. And so just by default, if you're shipping something three-day mail on Friday, if you ship at USPS, Saturday one, Monday two, Two Tuesday is three. Look at their Tuesday. Whereas you at UPS, you know it's not going to get there until until the next day, until Wednesday, because they don't work on Saturdays unless you're paying extra. And secondly, you know, if two to three day priority, like you were talking about, relative. If you get really expensive again, it's different. But for most items, a lot of times it's a lot cheaper than let's say UPS three day or their second day air service, and it's gotten it's gotten more reliable too, uh, which is cool. Yeah, they changed. I think it was like two to three years ago, they changed priority mail where they give you a guaranteed time frame when you ship the package based on zip code. So when you ship the package, you'll see now it prints on the labels one day priority or two day priority or three day priority. So we sell shipping by class of service on our websites, not exact carrier and method. Yep. So we'll sell two day shipping. And if we need to, we'll send it UPS. But oftentimes, two day shipping just goes priority mail. And the post service gets it there in a couple days. We pay $5 and the customer paid $19.99. We talked more about that in the free shipping episode about how to structure that. Yeah, so definitely has some, you know, USPS has got some awesome, awesome strengths if you know if you know how to use them correctly. But it's, you know, of course, it's the USPS. They've got some downsides too. First mm-hmm. one, I'll just throw out there, Bill, and maybe let you you take it from here if you've got any stories or experience. But the tracking I have found is, I mean, U- UPS will say it is in the warehouse in the northwest corner being attended to by Levon at this moment. You know, you know exactly where it is, right? USPS says, uh, currently your package is in the western half of the United States. And that's about all you get. Right. Right. It's a little weak. And also, like the delivery confirmation is a little bit tough because UPS, I've found the drivers 
will actually take it to the door a lot of times, especially in apartment complexes. We have problems with, if we ship stuff postal service, that people call and go, I never got my package. And they're like, it's not with the manager. And you know, I'm sure it's somewhere in the, in the building. But uh, whereas UPS and FedEx typically like hop in the elevator, go up to the unit, and leave it right at the door. You get better delivery confirmation. I've found too with with the private carriers. Yeah, and speaking of you know delivery stuff not getting there, USPS. A lot of times, if you hop on the phone, and this is something I've heard a lot of times secondhand through either our suppliers or our own team, it's kind of a nightmare getting somebody in terms of customer support to track down a package and get it resolved. Whereas UPS, it's still not fun, but uh, there's a lot more ownership and a lot easier to get someone to take responsibility and and get the ball moving on a resolution versus the postal service. Yeah, we actually decided a while ago just to, if a postal service package is lost, we don't even try to find it. We just Wow, that's pretty bad. You know, it's, I mean, it's 30, 50, 80 bucks a product and it's going to take me an hour to track it down. Whereas, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to reship that. It's just a nightmare. I'm going to lose my hair that way. And plus all the therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then finally, it's kind of, of course, uh, just is the mirror image of the pro. USPS is, of course, cheaper on the light side. But once it goes over two pounds, like you mentioned, Bill, it's terrible, terrible choice for for really heavy stuff. You know, if you're shipping trolling motors or, you know, uh, gun safes, not not the choice for you, of course. So true. Small caveat to that, though, if you are shipping very heavy, very small things like liquids mm. or jelly beans or some something that is small and dense, Postal Service has this thing called cubic pricing you can get where they don't charge you on weight at all and they only charge you on volume. And it can be very, very economical for small, dense, heavy things. But yes, for large things, they kill you. Yeah. Same thing goes along with their flat rate boxes, right? Like, They've got those boxes and you could put uranium, you know, stuff it full of uranium. The guy could barely pick it up and they're not big, but uh, they just go flat rate. I think, I think my father-in-law actually as a prank mailed like a couple boxes of rocks to his aunt or something <laughs> in those. And uh, I think he annoyed not only his aunt, but the, uh, the USPS reps as well as or the delivery man as they delivered it. Yep. So let's transition into to UPS and caveat here with, with UPS talking about the UPS strengths and weaknesses. It's funny, Bill, I sent this over to you. I, I was writing up the original outline, sent it over to you. And in the FedEx section on strengths and weaknesses, I wrote, I have very little experience with FedEx. Hopefully Bill can weigh in here. And you wrote back and you said, I, I don't have any experience with FedEx either, to, you know, for the most part. And so it's funny, we can get into this a little bit more, but a lot of these are going to be very similar. The strengths and the weaknesses of UPS and FedEx kind of go hand in hand, just so people know. But uh, maybe when we get done with this, we can wrap up why and why more people aren't using FedEx in, in the e-commerce world. Yeah, I have no way. I don't know why. But we said earlier before this call, uh, it seems to me about three quarters of people in the e-commerce world go UPS. I'm pretty sure Brandon Ely from the forums, he's a FedEx guy or was. But for the most part, I feel like most people use UPS. I don't know why. Yeah, it's crazy. So strengths of uh, the two big guys, UPS, uh, notably with with some carryover, great technology like we're talking about. I mean, tracking, uh, the call tags, you can print out call tags. It's super easy to give them back to people. They're prepaid. I mean, heck, have you, this isn't necessarily as applicable to us, but I'm sure you've heard the story, Bill, about how the UPS trucks are, are programmed to like take as few left turns as possible and their routes are all designed to take right turns to be able to make them go as fast as possible. Have you heard that? Yes. I've also, I just read an article like two days ago, they go so much farther beyond that. So you know those little, uh, the things that you sign when you get a UPS package? 
you think it's just like a signature capture thing. Yeah. It's not. That thing is GPS enabled and it tracks everything. It tracks when the engine was turned off in the truck, when the doors were open, how long the doors stayed open, how long the driver was out of the truck, like everything. They track everything and the drivers get metrics based on their efficiency. So like if you if your UPS driver shows up and like you want to chat with him, he's not going <laughs> to like you very much. <laughs> you gave me a wonderful evil idea for the next time he rolls up. <laughs> so like it's they track everything obsessively at UPS. That's amazing. I wonder it'd be fun to have a UPS driver on on the podcast and that would be awesome. Yeah, just tales from a UPS driver. If nothing else for the uh, the human interest story I'm sure you'd get out of it. That's amazing. I didn't know that. More advantages, of course, and a lot of these are going to be the inverse of the USPS, so I won't, we won't dwell on them too much, but great for shipping heavier items, of course. They, they tend to be the better choice. Not a government-run agency. <laughs> we, we mentioned that's always a plus. And Bill, you, uh, I mean, maybe you can speak to this. I know you negotiated with all your carriers. Are they easier to negotiate better pricing with than, than USPS? Are they more open to that? Like more hungry for your business? Uh, they're very open for it. I mean, and I would even say if you have not negotiated your rates with UPS or FedEx, whoever you're using, you are getting ripped off hard. <laughs> like the retail rates are expensive because they expect to discount them 25%. So you should be able to negotiate major, major discounts with UPS or FedEx just by calling them. And we ship all UPS. We don't use any FedEx. And that's because we every year we pit them against each other. You know, I call the FedEx rep and I go, what can you give us? And I really don't want to switch to FedEx, but he gives us good pricing. And then I take it back to the UPS guy and go, here's what FedEx has. You're going to need to beat it. And they do. You can call UPS. Like we ship a lot of five gallon buckets of shampoo, you know, heavy, typically from California to North Carolina, about 40 bucks. And we initially, it was costing us like 60 bucks to ship those. And we were able to negotiate discounts specifically like from that zip code to our zip code on certain size packages you know, down to like $37 now to cost us to bring one of those in. So they can get super granular with their discounts, even on like to and from zip codes and certain service ranges and classes, if it's two day or if it's ground, you can get very, very granular with your negotiations with UPS and FedEx. And this is something I've never done before because you know, we drop ship most of our stuff. And so the, our suppliers are the ones that negotiate directly with the, uh, the carriers. When you do that, Bill, how does that work? Do they have a sheet where it's just like, here's the rate sheet, here's what you get, and then you, you negotiate for percent off the different services at the different price rates? Or how do you, because there's obviously so many variables, how do you approach negotiating all those different moving parts? Yeah, it's pretty much all, they think of it as discounts off of retail rate. And it's, it's a whole matrix, you know, based on, it also fluctuates based on how much you spend. So like if you spend $1,000 a week, you're going to get a different discount level than if you spend two or $3,000 a mm. week. But you negotiate it all at once. And so just as your spend goes up, your discount goes up. Uh, and it's based on, I think, like the trailing four weeks. Don't quote me on that. But it's basically the more you spend, the more you save with UPS. And I don't know if FedEx is the same way, but I'm sure they are. Which is why Amazon pays like $1.50 to send a safe across the country. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But so, for example, like, I mean, hands down, if you're going to negotiate with your carrier, gather your data and get your rep in, your local rep. There is a local rep for the post office and for UPS and for FedEx. They will come to your office, sit with them and go, here's what I pay with like, let's say you're shipping all postal service, just bring your UPS guy in and say, here's the facts of the case. Here's how much we're paying with postal service. I would love for you to make yourself competitive on some of these, you know, two pound plus packages 
what can you do for me? Guy, interesting. Uh, I don't play games with them. I just show them what my rates are from the other guys. And I say, if you want, like, you know, this is all about costs. And they'll try to give you this crap about service level and the brown trucks and how nice their drivers are and all this stuff. But I just say, look, I mean, it's all about money right here. And if you can get my packages there reliably and cheaper, I'll use you. And they seem to respond pretty well to that. Final UPS strength, the uniforms, man. Anything classier in the world than a, than a brown UPS uniform? <laughs> That's true. I had a, <laughs> this is my one, my UPS uh, sort of uniform story. Our UPS driver in Denver, Colorado, we were on the third floor. So we, it was a third floor walk up to our office. And he would come up and he was just this jacked guy in like the short sleeve UPS. And he had a lot of tattoos, but he had on his fingers. Have you seen Boondock Saints yeah. where he has a Veritas a Equitas mm-hmm. in the movie? Our UPS driver <laughs> had those tattoos on his on his uh, like gun fingers. And so he would like hand you the package <laughs> and he would like you know like hear the Boondock Saints music and he would like look at you sideways and you're like please don't hurt me. <laughs> oh that's awesome man. If only we're all all had such a such an awesome delivery guy. He was very nice but he was a little maybe scary. this is a bad time to go into UPS weaknesses if he's listening, but we're gonna do it anyway. Anyway, and a lot of these, a lot of these, maybe again, won't dwell too much on them because at this point they're just the uh, the mirror opposites. But UPS super expensive for light, lighter, oversized options. I mean, we ship a lot of antennas, which are super light. I mean, they, they weigh less than a pound, but they're five feet long, and so based on the dim pricing, we get killed on those. You pay extra for you know for Saturday shipping, for fast shipping. A lot of times, a USPS rather priority mail can be a little bit more uh, cost effective. And they have fewer drop points. I don't know about you. Again, Bill, it's a little different. You got a warehouse, you got a UPS guy showing up every day. But as a drop shipper, I get stuff back to my house almost weekly that I have to send back to my suppliers. And it's a huge pain because I have to take it, repackage it, put a call tag on it, and then drive to a UPS store somewhere and drop it off. And uh, USPS is everywhere. They're going to every house every day, which is really nice. That is cool. Especially if you're a home-based business, your mailman will take your packages if you ship postal service. As many as you want. I mean, you can hand him 100 packages and he will do it. And Bill, there's a kind of a hybrid service. It's called Smart Post for FedEx and Sure Post for UPS. It's where, you know, the big guys, FedEx or UPS, they get it most of the way there and then hand it off to the post office. Not something I have a lot of experience with, but could you maybe talk quickly about, you know, how it works and, you know, why somebody would want to use it? Yeah, so these services are really for the bigger merchants out there. They have they come with sort of minimum spend levels, UPS and FedEx. They're making these are discount services, so they're making such little money. They really require you to be spending a lot in postage. And I think when I say a lot, I mean like five to six figures every year in postage with UPS or with FedEx before they will give you access to these products. I used to be in outsource fulfillment before we opened our own warehouse, and they were a FedEx shop. So they spent you know double-digit millions every year with FedEx. So they had access to FedEx's product, which is called SmartPost. And the way it works is FedEx basically runs the tractor-trailer to the local post office, and then the postman takes it the last mile to the house because FedEx and UPS aren't going to every house every day, whereas the Postal Service is. It costs them a lot to add curbside door-to-door service, whereas the Postal Service is already doing it. So you'll pay a smart post or a sure post rate to UPS or FedEx, 
and they will run it, you know, they'll pre-sort it and they'll take everything for one neighborhood that's going SurePost. They'll take it to the local post office and the postman will take it door to door. And it typically adds, you know, one to three business days to the ground time. So it can be anywhere from seven to 10 business days in transit, but it's cheaper than ground and it eliminates your residential delivery surcharges if you've ever experienced that with UPS or FedEx. It can be a kind of a nice hybrid where you can get cheaper rates out of the private carriers because they lean on the postal service to do the last mile delivery and they kick them back some unknown percentage of the postage. The drawback is seven to 10 business days and you can't really get into it if you're below a certain spend level. I wonder why they have those requirements. I wonder if it's, they just realize that, I mean, obviously if if they can, I mean, obviously if people could just use their, their in-house service completely, they're probably making more money. So I wonder if it's just, they don't want to give up that margin unless they have to, but they know that the most price sensitive people are the big guys that are going to be going to be spending the most money. Maybe that's the rationale. That's what my reps have told me, that it's just a low margin product. So they don't want, you know, the small guys, they want them on because it's just, it enacts a tax on them just to deal with you, right? Just to deal with one incremental business. So if you're a small business, they need you to be higher margin. If you're a larger business, you can be a lower margin and they can still make money on you. So I think that's why they save it for the bigger boys. I had, when I was doing the outsource fulfillment, we had some mixed experiences with FedEx SmartPost because with tracking, like by the time they handed it off to the postal service, it was dubiously tracked and it took two weeks sometimes. <laughs> and it was cheaper, but it wasn't great. But it was nice. I mean, for like a three to four pound package, like you could get there for five, six bucks. Versus what would it be if you just sent it FedEx? Oh, 12 plus. Oh, wow. Okay. So significant cost savings. Yeah, significant. Postal service has gotten more competitive a little bit. But definitely significant savings. But I have heard the UPS product, SurePost, is better trackable. Uh, and they advertise, at least my rep has said to me, their SurePost product is ground plus one day. So for whatever that's worth, they seem to be convinced that the UPS SurePost product is stronger than the FedEx SmartPost product. You know, you be the judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in wrapping up, I want to come back and touch quick on on FedEx, you know, and, and again, we, we commented on it earlier, but why it is that I use UPS for most of my non-postal service packages, same for you. I know you used it a little bit when you were outsourced, but just in the forum and in the community, I think that's probably three quarters is probably a safe bet. And I, it was funny because I got online before we were doing this and did a bunch of, did some research, you know, UPS versus FedEx. And, and a lot of it was the same. Like there were some details that came up, you know, like for example, FedEx apparently has more airplanes and UPS has a better ground fleet. And, you know, a couple handful of places that FedEx was, was slightly cheaper in some cases, but again, it's all based on the package and your rep and what you've negotiated. So in terms of size, UPS is a little bit bigger, maybe by like a third or so, but roughly, but not, it's not like two or three or four times as big. So I, I wonder what it is about e-commerce and UPS that makes them kind of be the de facto choice or get used more often. It's weird. I don't know. I think part of it might be that their website is a little bit better. Yeah. How, how so? Just, just more? As far as onboarding, like I think it's easier to get signed up for a UPS account. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. I don't know when the last time you was, you signed up for a FedEx account, but when I did mine, it was a real pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, and harder to integrate too. You need like multi, like if you want to integrate FedEx with ShipStation, there's like a bunch of hoops to jump through. Whereas UPS, uh, it's a little easier. 
Interesting. Well, if you're listening and you love FedEx and you don't work for FedEx, head on over to e-commerce fuel and we got the show notes. We'll have them all posted up on, on the blog there. Let us know in the comments. It'd be interesting to hear your experience and uh, what it is that, uh, that we're missing. Cause I'm sure it's, it's something. So a couple articles I want to leave you with one from uh, Steve Chu, of course, a longtime member of the community wrote a great, a great blog post on the cheapest shipping option, USPS, FedEx, or UPS. We'll link up to that as well as a practical e-commerce article comparing all the different carriers. So Bill, uh, you know a ton about this man and just even apart from that, fun as always uh, bantering back and forth. Thanks so much for coming on. Anytime. Talk to you next time. That's going to do it for this week. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to check out the e-commerce fuel private form, a vetted community exclusively for six and seven figure store owners. With over 600 experienced members and thousands of monthly comments, it's the best place online to connect with and learn from other successful store owners to help you grow your business. To learn more and apply, visit ecommercefuel.com forward slash form. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next Friday. Thank you.